Welcome to today's edition of the Career 100 Podcast. Your host, Felicia Gopal, founder of collegefundingresource.com, will be interviewing professionals each week that are currently working in one of the top 100 careers for 2011. This series is designed to introduce students to different career options that are in demand and share the path each practitioner has taken to arrive in their current position. We want to expose you to the varied and distinguished careers of our guests and to perhaps inspire you to consider following in their footsteps, or better yet, blaze your own trail. So sit back and relax as Felicia interviews professionals about how they came to be in the top 100 careers. Hello, it's Felicia Gopal here from the Career 100 podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us today and welcome you to today's podcast. Today we're going to be continuing to explore one of the careers that's listed as one of the top 100 careers, that of publication editor. Our guest today is the founder and editor of Garden State Woman, a company that she started in 1998, and she's going to be sharing a little bit more about what it takes to become a publication editor, and she'll be specifically, of course, talking about her publication, Garden State Woman, which is a completely online resource. And definitely one of the things that we're noticing in the industry is a lot of publications are moving more and more of their services online, and we'll talk to her a little bit about how she did that, and perhaps she'll even talk about why she did that. So if you're considering a career as a publication editor or as an editor, you'll definitely want to listen in while our guest, Ms. Judy Chapman, talks about the industry. Judy, welcome. Thank you. Judy, as I was saying in my introduction, Judy is the founder and editor of Garden State Woman, and I was fortunate enough several years ago to write an article for her publication And the reason I was particularly proud to do that is because it's a publication that is designed with information and resources for New Jersey women. And its intent, as Judy says in her bio, is to be the voice of the New Jersey woman. Their audience is women business owners, corporate and professional women. And in addition to providing the Garden State Woman online magazine, they also offer conferences, networking events, e-newsletters, and, of course, their website. So, again, Judy, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the call. Thank you. Perfect. So let me ask you, how did you become an editor? Well, Felicia, if you wind up being an entrepreneur, you pretty much pick your position. So since I founded Garden State Woman, I had to be the Judith of all trades in the sense that I had to identify the market and then I had to decide what the content would be that would appeal to the market that we had defined. So your audience is women business owners and corporate professionals. So I love the fact that you said that you pick your position. Is there something in your background that had you pick editor and founder as the position that you created for yourself when you started your entrepreneurial efforts? Yeah, I think so. I love to write. I'm a big reader. I think the English language is fascinating. Over the course of my professional life, I've done a lot of public relations work, most of it for nonprofits, 
and that involved constantly getting out press releases and other information which would explain the organization that I was writing for. So I think any good editor appreciates the language and likes to take ideas and put them into words. I like that way to describe what an editor does. Is there anything that you would add to what an editor does to give our listeners a sense? Because this podcast series is really designed for students who are considering different careers. My idea behind this was to find people who were working in the field who could talk about their particular road to their current career, as well as invite students to consider that as a potential major or a potential career choice? Well, I think what's important for young people to consider is they need to focus on what it is they think they want to do. I've appeared before college clubs, and one of the traditional questions I get is, how do you get paid for your writing? Well, unless you're fortunate enough to create a book or do something that you can commercially market, you better find a paid job if you want to get paid to write because freelancing is very nebulous, very hard way to go. And so what you're saying is one of the paid positions that are out there is as an editor? There are. However, they're not going to be easily come by. My suggestion is if somebody really wants to get into the field, take whatever job that you can, hopefully, to be paid for. If you have to to go in as an intern, I would recommend it because that's one avenue of getting into a company. Highly unlikely someone new entering the field is going to be an editor simply because they lack life experience. So an editor is not necessarily a position that you enter the field into. It may be a position that you grow into after starting work as perhaps a reporter or a journalist in some way. Could you tell me a little bit about the And and I I think the training ground for this kind of work needs to be working on your school newspaper. And if you think you like business, learn a lot about business because one of the things an editor has to do is generate ideas for stories or if they're editing somebody else's article, they have to have some knowledge of this subject in order to know that the article is accurate. So anything that a young person can do to gain experience, they have wonderful opportunities now with their access to the web to show what their talent is through their own website or talking through Facebook, talking through, we use LinkedIn, which is more of a business thing. But you need to create a network of people who know about you and know about your interests. And hopefully that will evolve into finding a paid slot. Okay. So let me kind of step back for a minute, Judy, and just ask you what types of, I understand as I prepared for this interview that there's different types of editors. Do different types of editors do different things? Could you tell me a little bit about the 
job of editor to the extent that you know of it outside of your publication and inside your publication? Well, I think if you look around at the opportunities that are out there, someone who might be editing an e-newsletter might have a different perspective than someone who is editing a monthly newsletter. So timing is always part of an editor's makeup, whether they work under tight deadlines or if they have the liberty of really composing something and putting it out there once a month. So, And there's editorial opportunities in TV, radio. It's endless in terms of what's out there, but you're going to have to find them. So is it that there are opportunities as an editor in basically various different communication modules Vnet, you said television, you said radio. So is that where you would find an editor, or is there other places that you might also find an editor? Well, any communication venue is going to have to have people who take the information, interpret it, and put it out in a format that people can understand. So they may not always be called an editor, they are endless communications jobs or any number of jobs that might entail editing. And so the job of an editor is to help shape and craft the message of the writer. So does an editor also write, or does it depend upon the publication that they're working for? Well, obviously most job descriptions will tell the person what their responsibilities are, In my opinion, and from my personal experience, an editor works along with other staff people in determining, first of all, knowing who their market is, knowing who they're trying to communicate with, and then the most effective way to do that. I mean, you could take a 20-year-old writing an article about Facebook And a 45-year-old wouldn't have a clue of what that article was about. (laughs) As I expand my knowledge into social media, I am definitely finding that to be the case. Oh, for sure. I can get that and understand that. So what do you like about being an editor, Judy? I love to play with words. I love to see a sentence and think, how can I make it shorter, but how can I make it say more? And it's like a puzzle when you're creating something. You shoot out what you're thinking about, and then you go back and you fine-tune it. The other skill that I think is very important for someone who is functioning as an editor is good people skills because you have to remember that writing is very personal. And if someone submits an article and you start cutting it up and changing it, it's almost like you've taken a piece of artwork and put a knife through the middle of it. So people skills, not all editors bother. They figure, well, you're being paid to do this, and I'm being paid to do that. But I think that sensitivity is important because writing, as I say, is a very personal thing. You know, I can completely understand that. I was thinking about a friend of mine who wrote something in college the other day, and he asked me to read it. And his style is just not my style. 
And when he asked me about it, you know, when you're 20-something, you're very honest. At 40-something, you learn to be a little bit more discerning. But at 20-something, I told him I didn't like it. And I know that I remember this look on his face. He was a little bit hurt. And so I had to backpedal. And what I told him was, you know what, despite the fact that Hemingway is a great writer, I'm not Mm -hmm. a big fan of Hemingway either. I was just like, it's just a writing style. So that was how I was able to basically get my foot out of my mouth (laughs) by sharing with them that, you know, not everybody's style is going to be my style. So I can see how important it is that when you're looking at and helping somebody craft their message to your audience, that you use those same skills to basically be able to do the editing keep the voice that the person has, and basically deliver the content to your audience in a way that you know that they'll appreciate it. Right, and I think it depends if it's a creative writing piece, that's one thing. If it's a factual article, then that's a separate set of conditions. So I think it's important to know the purpose that the writer created the article for and always keep that in the front of your decision-making. You said that what you like about being a editor is it's about the creative process, being able to create something, being able to put together the pieces of a puzzle, in addition keeping in mind the purpose of the writer, also the publication that you are editing for. Is there any other skills that you think would be important for somebody who was interested in being an editor? Well, I think basic skills, first of all, liking to write, liking to work with people, having good computer skills. Something that's a little bit more difficult to define, but I think it's something that's very important, is a sense of integrity. I think that is basic to any career that you're going to have and uh, not a willingness to compromise your principles, but a willingness to work with people and get along. You know, it's all about style sometimes. So is there a path that people go on, Judy, if they're interested in becoming an editor, like they start as perhaps an intern, then they go on, they get whatever position that they can get, and then they ultimately go? Is there a career path in becoming an editor? Well, I think it depends on the field they pick. I mean, there are some clear paths. If you were interested in, say, corporate writing and you wanted to work for pharma or you wanted to work for financial services and you wanted to be part of creating annual reports and if you wanted to follow that strain, then that's going to be really getting into whatever the company is that you want to work and then figuring out how to move up the ladder. So that's going to be one approach. If you're interested in newspaper writing and you want to do more of the reporter type thing, that's more of a freelance thing and it might be a little bit more difficult to get into inside the building kind of thing. So it requires a lot of thought, a lot of skillful planning, and a lot of luck. Got it. So if there isn't a clearly defined path for becoming a publication editor like yourself at Garden State Woman, 
I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, there is also no particular major that you would have in college if you were interested in this as your ultimate career goal. Well, I think any communication ranger is good. I think English is always good. I think that journalism is good. I try and focus in those areas. Okay. So while there isn't a major, there are a number of majors that could be good majors for somebody who was interested in ultimately growing into the editor field. And you mentioned journalism, communication major, and English. I mean, I've even seen work from women's studies programs where someone would take something out of that program and talk about it and write and send out articles So it's going to come back to the imagination of the person. Well, it sounds like from one of the things that you're saying, this is a career that demands that the students be the type of students that will go out and get as opposed to waiting for opportunities to show up on their doorstep. They've got to be self-starters. They have to look for opportunity and seize it. In this day and age, just sending out resumes doesn't hack it. You've got to work to get into wherever it is you want to be, and you have to carefully develop a network of people who can help you along. So is it also about selecting mentors or working with a mentor? Is that what you mean by putting together a group, well, a network so of sure people? Well, I'm not sure that it's mentoring as much as The theory of networking is it isn't who you know, it's what you know about who you know. And the neighbor next door, you play with the kids, but he might be in a corporate environment where you're just expressing this interest might trigger something where he could introduce you. So you just really need to find out a lot about everybody that you know. Absolutely. So it sounds like, I mean, I think some of the things that you are sharing about and talking about are things that are just good skills for any student who right. is considering, you know, the next step. And actually, it's not really a student-specific. Those are not necessarily just student-specific traits, but there are That's traits that people who are looking to move forward in their life should develop and continue to use throughout their careers. Absolutely. They should be viewing every person they meet, not just for a 30-second elevator speech, but finding out how do you open the door to that person and get them to share who they are, because that's another easy learning opportunity for you. Perfect. So is there any additional schooling that's required? So once you get your bachelor's in English or communication studies or any of those sorts of things, do you need additional schooling or whatever you've developed as an undergraduate going to be sufficient to move into the editor position? Well, that's going to depend on where you try and and go. If you were to try and get a job working at a Harvard Business publication, they're going to be looking at advanced degrees. If you're looking at something that's not quite as technical or not quite as intellectually advanced, but it's important no matter what stage you're at to keep learning. It doesn't have to be a degree program, but it has to be continually stimulating your imagination. Right. You 
you know, I always talk about the importance of lifelong learning. It's certainly something that I think will benefit you not just today but long into the future to continue to develop your mind in terms of just being able to deal with the changes in how people consume information. So I know that you made the transition from having a print publication for over 12 years to having your whole platform being online. Would you like to tell us a little bit about why you guys made the transition and how your duties, if they have changed, have changed from one medium to the next? Well, it's easy to explain why we made the transition because most of our support came from Merrill Lynch, UBS, the major financial services people, and anyone who hasn't been living in a box knows what happened to marketing budgets on all these major corporations. And so they were our advertisers. They were the support for us. And when their budgets dried up, we dried up with them. So the choice was close the doors and say, well, that was fun. Or how can we keep going? How can we be useful? And that's why we had a website, but it didn't have the editorial focus that the print publication had had. So four years down the road, we're still trying to make the conversion and to figure out what it is that can make us important. Absolutely. Your answer really kind of speaks to what was going to be my next question, which is what are some of the challenges of being an editor or how has the industry changed or what changes do you anticipate continuing to develop and evolve in being an editor to an online publication? I think the major challenge, and again, it depends on the individual role, how much of a decision maker they are, how much input they have in the overall scheme of publication. You know, it's easy to fall into the trap that 24-hour cable has kind of brought to us, kind of dumbing down right. readers. And I think it's a tough call on how you, again, maintain the integrity of the message you're trying to get out and not be caught up in all the garbage that's out there. Okay. So my next question, Judy, is really about why do you think that being an editor is one of the top 100 careers for the next decade? Well, more and more, world of instant gratification and everybody wants to know things before they happened. I think the editor is a pivotal person in most communication, and I think they will maintain that role. Yeah, I really can see that an editor could be the person who helps maintain that role. So I just want to ask you, Judy, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners about the role of editor? I think it's important for young people who are thinking about going into any part of the communications field to try and use the Internet to get information. Don't necessarily believe everything that you read, but it's a source. And just try and find out as much as you can about what it is that interests you. Try and find as much as you can about those things that interest you. I think that is really valuable advice because 
as you said, in these days of instant communication and people wanting everything yesterday, if not today, then I definitely can see the value of learning a little bit more about things that you're interested in. So, Judy, I'd like to ask you, could you share your contact information with us, please? Sure. Our website is gswoman.com. That's singular, so it's Garden State Woman, gswoman.com. And my email address is jchapman at gswoman.com. And I welcome any inquiries or any information that I might be able to share. All right. Well, thank you very much for talking a little bit more about the position as editor. Garden State Woman is an outstanding publication, and I was just looking at it in the last couple of days as I was preparing for this, and they've got lots of different features that you might want to take a look at. So I would definitely highly recommend people taking a look at GS, like Garden State Woman, and that's singular.com. That's great. And Felicia, thank you. You're you know, welcome. in talking about press, I actually will get this up on the website, but I'm getting an award from a group for progressive media coming up in May, and that's an interesting group, and they are looking more for people who want to get into the political process at a grassroots level. So we'll get some information up that might appeal to people that are following you. All right, perfect. To learn more about the college planning process, I invite you to visit our website, collegefundingresource.com. I also encourage my listeners to keep coming back weekly for more of our podcasts. At College Funding Resource, you'll be able to listen to guests like Judy. We have valuable information to share. Judy, I'd like to thank you for joining me today and telling us a little bit more about your career. Thank you. And I want to thank all my listeners for joining us today, and I hope that you will join me again in the next installment of the Career 100 Podcast. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Career 100 Podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next podcast, where we'll continue to interview experts in the top 100 careers for 2011, giving you the insider's view of their chosen profession. If you'd like more information about planning and saving for college and to instantly download your free copy of College Funding Resources Report, Five Strategies That Parents Need to Start Using Today to Cut Their College Costs Tomorrow, visit www.collegefundingresource.com. That's www.collegefundingresource.com. This is Kathy Davis for the Career 100 Podcast.